Hey there, Patrick here. Before we get to the show, I would just like to apologize for the audio quality recently. Last episode, we had some technical difficulties, and I'm still trying to get them fixed. So for now, bear with us as I try to fix the problem for next episode. Thank you, and please enjoy the show. Well, all I was saying is that we might have some good real-time podcast content in the form of my COVID test. And to back up a little bit, right? So you know that Ida's rainfall canceled Bonnaroo, so that ruined my weekend plans. I know. Ah. Big bummer, especially on such short notice, but it is what it is. We were able to pivot. One of our friends, his family this year bought a beach house in Charleston, South Carolina. It's a big place, was able to fit most of the people that were going to Bonnaroo. So we were invited and we were able to swing it. We found a dip in flights. Shout out Nathan Bilaraja for that one. But one of the people that we were with that weekend later tested positive this week for COVID. And I wasn't concerned at first because I'm vaccinated first off and because other people on that trip have since also taken tests and no one else has tested positive, but I'm awaiting my results that I took from this morning. I take a different test through my employer. And so it takes 12 to 24 hours, but right about now is usually when I would find out my results. So we can, uh, we can read that live on air. If you if could be. be, you could be the first Lee part to get COVID. Um, yeah, you've had plenty of close calls though, so yes. I don't know if that's sounding like shame on your end or <laughs> something to be. You're an irresponsible boy, even though uh, yeah, not I proud just, of, uh... but. I know I that Jack had a mishap with it too. Yeah, I had. It may be a false positive. I don't know on a rapid test. Don't know. It appeared positive. It was a little. If you you did the swab, you know, you put it in the liquid. You know, five minutes, then you set this little, you know, strip thing in the liquid for ten minutes. You take it out if there's if there's a red line you're positive and it specifically states in the instructions on this one even if there is a slight red line you are positive and like it was the slightest red line (laughs) no matter how they define it there's always going to be a gray area yeah i was like I should have looked at the strip beforehand just to make sure that like that part already didn't exist. Um, and this is like an FDA emergency authorized at home test um, that my parents had. And, you know, so at that point I wasn't going to risk it. And so I isolated at my parents' house, I had to cancel flight, but I should get my money back to that. Luckily. <laughs> um, Oh, oh, oh. I thought you were saying about the test. 
No. Um, but then, you know, I had to schedule, decided to schedule a PCR test just to, just cause I didn't fully trust those, uh, sort of at home rapid tests. And yeah, I mean, I had that. the earliest one I could get was like three days in the future. And then, you know, it took two days to get the results. So I, I still isolated by myself for five days. And obviously I had gone, we were doing our fantasy draft. That's why I was there. I showed up, just surprised him. It was fun. And, you know, I guy in our him. league in the house had was isolating. And I mean, I never, we never went near him. He was just in his room the entire time, never came down anything like that. So like, it wasn't like I had like a close contact, but close enough. He, he then later we found out tested positive on like that Tuesday. And then that's when I took my rapid test and it was positive. So, and I was at Patrick's the night before. I'm on yeah, thanks for night. that. <laughs> so I texted you. I was like, hey, so you might want to go get a test. And yeah. so, yeah, I was like, wow, you know, and like, yeah, I mean, obviously, like statistically, small chance of testing positive if you're vaccinated, which I at least, you know, I mean, I am, but also, the guy tested positive was as well. So he's just one in the, you know, the sort of 1% or less than 1%. It's like one in 5,000 yeah. or something like that. Um, but also, also, I, a, uh, in, you know, interesting COVID little, yeah. little mini thing had to extend my trip and, uh, but I'm, I'm back now. So. I'll just say this. If you're an anti-vaxxer, screw you. You don't need to be listening to this podcast right now. Go get fucking vaccinated, you morons. God damn. This is the reason why we're, why we're still in this shit. Because you guys won't get vaccinated for God knows what reason. Many reasons. Like We're going to get tracked by the government or or you the mRNA. Uh, I will say I've had fantastic cell service since getting vaccinated. Oh yeah, the five G upgrade definitely helps. Cell towers. Yeah. I like how I like how strong pets coming out there. Totally not going to. It pisses me off. It pisses me off so. Totally not going to alienate anyone. You really oh. probably convince the people to get vaccinated if they're on the fence before. All I'm thinking about is I thought at first it was the polio vaccine, but turns out it's actually the smallpox vaccine that our parents' generation got uh, in the in the shoulder that leaves a big scar. And now, you know, the, the good news about that vaccine, obviously, is that it freaking worked, right? But I was thinking about it. Imagine if the COVID vaccine left a scar. People are already losing their shit. They'd be losing their shit even more. Well, An internal scar. That's true. On your DNA. On your pride. On your pride. On your proud boy. I mean... If the people aren't going to listen to Olivia Rodrigo, then I don't know who they're going to listen to. <laughs> surely, surely us three white men on the biggest sports podcast in the world. <laughs> We're not Always. a sports podcast. We're a 76ers and Warriors podcast. Do I need I mean, to remind you that? I we, want it to be a sports podcast and you won't let it be that. We're, We're in at- NFL today. It's a mixing pot. Stir the pot. Yeah, but what do we always start with? Let's do it. 
76ers and Warriors, because I have to remind everyone that this is a 76ers and Warriors podcast. Okay, so we're always going to talk about them, okay? Which, speaking of, let's get down to it. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 20th episode of No Country for Big Man. <laughs> 20, baby. Big two zero. See, it's 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 a little bit unf- unfortunate because we were gonna have sort of a special occasion for this episode. I'm gonna save it for future episodes. I won't I won't spill the beans. I won't I won't give you the little little details on that. But just know that uh, this episode is not gonna be as special as it could have. But it's still gonna be special. So. You're going to propose on the podcast. No, it's not going to do that. But anyway, just want to say uh, thanks for whoever listened to last week's or not last week's, what two weeks ago, whatever last episodes um, had some technical difficulties. My, my recording, you know, software, audacity, whatever, just, just very sophisticated software. Yes, yes. Top, you know, only experts. The class. Yes, exactly. I mean, we're the we're the best Warriors and Sixers podcasts in the world. So, um, just just crapped out on me. So we had to, you know, we we saved it. We salvaged the episode, luckily. But that's why the audio might not have been as crisp and clear because, you know, we have the best gear, the best stuff here, <laughs> the country for big men. So I just want to say thank you for for staying strong and listening to that and dealing with all that BS. But, I mean, big episode 20, I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Ryan, a.k.a. Ryan the Rooster, and by Jack, a.k.a. Blackjack. So, I mean, what more could you want? Cock-a-doodle-doom. You, Jack looks so Jack looks so funny right now. He's just staring out his window, like twiddling with his fingers. Just does not seem impressed. With well, anything. he's no, he's trying to decide if he wants to hit on this card or not. Hey, Black Jack, yeah, he de- Jack has definitely got the look of a cow- card counter for sure. Yeah. Any any experience at the casinos, Jack? I do. I have one. Uh, did one hand of. Uh blackjack once and you lost i'm assuming i did yeah went up there uh i think it was ten dollars and put the 10 down didn't get it i did the right thing though i completely forget what my hand was but you know it was like a 13 it was like a 13 and you know it's what you do is based off of you know the dealer's card as well. I'm pretty sure I did the right thing and I held. Wow. Balsam. I don't I don't remember. And then of course, you know, 20 for the dealer. Um and I lost my ten dollars. And she was really nice. She could tell I had not done it before. Um it's usually helpful. It's better when they're helpful, you know. I the last thing I like is someone who's working a table game and is hard selling you like no elbows on the table that type of thing jesus yeah no yeah this was just on the it was with Allie. Allie and i went up and we probably looked like we had never done it before 
They know uh, because we had they know the regulars. They can see it. Yeah, we were just on the basic floor of the MGM Grand. She was nice. And we both put down our $10 and we played our one hand and we lost. And that was it. That's the extent of my Vegas blackjack experience. Well, you know what? You won't be losing after this episode because we got the best content here waiting for you with some hot and spicy news in regards to 76ers. I was counting. I will say I was counting cards, though. She gave me two. He paused the entire Um, episode. Pat had a great segue and he brought (laughs) it back to the blackjack for that crummy dad. I think, yeah, I think uh, I was two for two on the segues. Usually Ryan is the one handling that business as of late. Well, because we bojangle with the conversations, we drift away. We so I feel like we forget that we're recording for other people. And so I gotta I gotta pull the ship in the right direction. You tell me three for us. Jack, I'm gonna... Shut up, Jack. <laughs> but anyway, we some recent news was just leaked into the world by... Is Brian Lindhor- Windhorse a leak? Lindhorse? Yeah, leak horse? he's a big old leak. He's the biggest of the leaks. Um, he, just, he just, you know, posted a video on the jump, rip Rachel Nichols, um, Jesus. saying that Ben Simmons went to the 76ers front office and told them, correct me if I'm wrong, that he's not the one that can control his trade value. It's not his job to fix his trade value. Yeah. Is the alert I got. Thank you. Um, And Ryan and I, we're, we have Instagram, unlike Jack, sadly, but I follow Simmons on Instagram, obviously, who's one of my favorite players, was one of my favorite players. And his recent posts have really been irking me the wrong way. <laughs> Posted, he's been posting, he's been geotagging his locations in Los Angeles, California, where he just recently bought a house there. Uh, another post of his was him unloading his Ferraris, which were in Philadelphia, like out of a moving truck. And the, the location there was Los Angeles. This guy is ready to move on. He, I mean, I, I told you guys he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna play for them. He's not gonna report to training camp apparently, and now he's telling the Sixers front off office to basically like say this this one's on you guys. Which, you know, after game seven, you know, with Doc Rivers comments about he's unsure if Ben Simmons can be a championship point guard, that didn't help anything too much. But regardless. You know what else didn't help your trade value, Simmons? You playing like dog shit, okay? That did not help anything. You choking this freaking series away, granted, wasn't all your fault, but dude, it it he is acting like a prima donna here. Like he I, am I wrong, guys? Like is is he he's a little bit out of line. He's he's acting pretty, pretty ridiculous in my eyes. I mean. I know, I know Philly can be tough on him, like the local news channel during yes, the flooding, yes. which I hope you're okay, RJ, um, over there. Um, they, they're like, oh, and this is a video of Ben Simmons like leaving, and it was a trash that, can. That was real, that video? Where uh, I called I, it's, Ben it's, it Simmons real. a trash can? I think it, that it was looked, real. It looked real, which is pretty ridiculous. First of all, for a local news station to be that savage and to, and to really come after a player like that. But like, 
I mean, I get having animosity towards Simmons after all. Yeah, you certainly have it. And I do, but I mean, it's just it's just frustrating. I'm I'm ready to move on. And I, I mean I want, everybody's ready to move on. So I, it seems that way. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. And it, like, do you like Simmons in the right for acting like this? Or is he is he actually like just being a little bleach boy right now? I just love your pendulum of emotions that just swings wildly one side to the other. It's either you love or hate yeah. this guy. You can't just accept him as is. You're right. He's kind of douchey, it seems from all accounts that probably self-centered big douche probably not as concerned about his craft or winning as other nba players are you know it is what it is there since we root for the team that's not our desired uh, mindset but you know it's his life but what i will say is you're right you bring up a good point with it's not his job to fix his trade value but it is his job to essentially set its trade value, right? His trade value is based on how he performs. And so the fact that there's not a big market for it, like you said, is probably because of his poor play. I mean, it's a hundred percent is because of it, because of his poor play and no team wants to over, over, uh, you know, overbuy that asset. But I don't know, man, I, I made my case. I still think that at this point, because the lack of trades that people are biting on, I still think he's going to be on the team. And I think all of his threats are going to be empty. If it comes time for the regular season, I don't think he'd actually sit out because that would, he's going to, he's going to, you think he's going to risk his game checks. That's actually true because it seems like money is like the biggest factor for him. He cares about the lifestyle. He cares about that. He doesn't care about winning. Well, so part of that Brian Windhorst clip was that was Windhorst. And I forget some of those details was Windhorst explaining. He gets half his money. He gets like half his money for that season or something before the year even starts. So he'll at least. uh, Which is he would get 16 million because it's like 33 million for for the next couple seasons. Mm hmm. Yeah, so it's like Windhorse's kind of point was like, you know, he'll certainly have a lot of cash to pay those fines with if he's not showing up. I mean, specifically on the comment that, you know, was probably, was probably, you know, fairly accurate as to what was relayed from his agent or his camp to the 76ers, but on his trade value, Bruce I mean, Paul it's is his agent. Yeah, I mean, it's true, like, he can't, like, like if Daryl Morey is asking for essentially a pretty ridiculous bounty of either picks or, you know, players generally both from what's been reported, then, like, there's obviously no, you know, that's obviously ridiculous and no team is going to bite on that. I'm fine with him starting, you know, Maury starting there. I think that if anything, Maury is pretty willing to get awkward. And if it gets awkward with Simmons and he's not there, then, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Philadelphia 76ers are willing to do that. But at the same point, but Simmons is also in his camps, right? Like, like if you really want to trade him, you know, it's 
it's there. It's not like offers won't be there. I mean, obviously Maury's ultimate job is not to, you know, is to get what he sees the value. But I think right now the value that Maury's putting him at is just pretty, pretty ridiculous and pretty high. Yeah. So, I mean, and Ben Simmons is right in the sense that like, you know, yeah, obviously if, you know, if Maury is asking for more than what he's worth, then it's not surprising that there hasn't been a, a, a deal made. So. Well, and I mean, I get what you're saying, but we can't say that Simmons is kind of right for that either, because to just say trade me for anything, then you're right. It's not his job to fix his trade value. It's not his job to evaluate the trades that he's a part of either. That is Daryl Morey's job. And so don't tell someone else to do their job when, you know, you didn't really yeah, perform I... up to yours. And yeah, I, I think that this is just funny, you know, again, with how his contract is paid out and his ability to pay the fines, that's okay. It's different to pay fines that are a fraction of your salary than for you to miss out on game checks entirely. Yeah. And I think sort of going back on what was said, it's like, on one hand, he's coming out and saying, you know, I can't fix my trade value. Like that's essentially your fault while also essentially asking to be traded to a California team. Right. It, no, it's is, ridiculous. Is, is essentially, you know, playing both sides in a, in a weird way. And to which, you know, I mean, I don't understand the leverage that he thinks that he has in asking for to go to a California team, um, considering the length, you know, he's got like four years left on his contract. And so, you know, I mean, I, I suppose to me, the only kind of leverage is the messaging that like in four after my contract that's currently up, I'm not going to resign if I'm not on this California team. That's essentially a message I would take away from that. I don't think that, you know, the teams that are rumored to be, you know, the Timberwolves are the team that seem to be most engaged at this moment in time with trying to get him. You know, I know Cleveland's been thrown around, but like, you know, I mean, that seems to be a message if I'm Minnesota or Cleveland, not that I wouldn't do it, but that like, you know, there's some possibility he might not resign, you know, four years from now, which well, I that's think what I was going to say, you know, threats of him not resigning. That is literally four years and 140 million dollars away like, yeah that's a long time so he can ha you're right he has no leverage so um if anything he should be flattered that the 76ers are demanding such a high price for him you know he doesn't care about that he should guy. be flattered that they totally came out and defended him after game seven. Oh, whoops I mean, it would be tough to defend someone that played like that. So <laughs> I get it. I mean, I look, I understand that Embiid and Doc were probably pretty frustrated and pretty pissed. But, you know, I understand why Simmons was peeved at that. I mean, <laughs> as crappy as he's, you know, he's number one here on the, you know, fault list, but like, you know, I wouldn't be super thrilled either. I totally need more Ben Simmons working in a 
open gym guarded by me videos though um you're gonna get them he's gonna keep releasing them i i can't wait to see him hit a jump shot again in uh la fitness or whatever you know my god we can't go off on the off-season videos again it just we're already in reruns it just makes me sick it makes me sick man i i was do you want like like okay so he wants to go to a california team obviously i think the kings could give a decent package that the 76ers would want Um, but like would you rather get a good packageness that like would be, you know, body healed? Um, what's that rookie's name? I'm Halliburton. Spacing. It needs Halliburton. to be healed and Halliburton and some picks. That's healed what Halliburton want. and some picks, which is probably I'm done. The best realistic, certainly the best offer, in my opinion, that a California team would be willing to make, which is best for the Sixers or. Ben Simmons gets sent to Cleveland. <laughs> but I mean, it just doesn't matter what Cleveland. Goes I mean, to. Cleveland cannot. I mean, what is you're Cleveland just trying gonna, to make me, Cleveland even going to offer that's mm-hmm. even close to what the Kings could I would, offer? I mean, but, but Ben Simmons the, that would be is the analogous would be Cleveland. something. It would be like Sexton and either Isaiah. Uh, what's his first name? Isaac Okoro or Darius yeah. Garland. I don't know, but similar then and then throw some picks into that's impressive. I mean, you know, those Cavaliers that's fantasy basketball, baby. That's the only uh, reason I know these guys, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that is probably comparable to the healed Halliburton at the end of the day, we're splitting a, a valuable asset into multiple in either of these cases, which it's not something I tend to want to do, especially with a team that I feel like our depth is already good enough as is. I'd rather upgrade the position than downgrade, but add, add that depth. So I'm holding, but we already know that I stand there. I don't think we're getting Dame. I think that's out. Of- we got to get Dame, baby. Get Dame. <laughs> Dame's it, next. I mean, Dame. we said this Dame's next, next summer. Exactly. If it's free agency, I think he signs in LA or Oakland. Well, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, no, I I was just thinking of where he's from. Um, But yeah, he would. He's from Philly at heart. He's from Philly. Got that Philly mentality. Well. After that spicy Simmons talk, you know what time it is. Let's talk some football. That's right, baby. We are recording this on the 8th of September. That means tomorrow night for us, right now, we get Thursday night football, that Dallas Cowboys at the reigning Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, baby. You got one of the best defenses in the league going against what was one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, last year before Dak went, went out with that gruesome injury, just come back, back from, he's ready to play. Uh, I did not watch Hard Knocks 
this year, which featured the Dallas Cowboys, because obviously I hate the Cowboys. Although I did draft a lot of them for my fantasy football over over my over my uh, couple of leagues that I have. So I watched um, three episodes of Hard Knocks and it was pretty boring. So yeah, I feel like if if you don't have like a tie to the team or if you don't really care, then it's just it's not really worth a watch. A lot of it depends on the head coach, like. Uh, Mike McCarthy is so boring. And he's just really boring. And so there's almost no content to be generated from him, which, you know, the Raiders one was good because Gruden was entertaining. Knock on wood if you're with me. Yeah. So the Rex Ryan Jets one was was great like 10 years ago. And then, the you know, the best moment is the, Fisher or uh, Fisher for the Rams. He's like, I'm not going seven and nine again. And then they went like four and twelve, and he was fired. Yeah, he I, was I right. Remember that one? He was well, right. With this new season right before us, coming up, it's right around the corner. One more sleep until football. One more sleep. One more night. We got some NFL bold predictions coming right at you. That's right. They're bold. They're big, and they're gonna slap you right in the face. So be ready. We're coming in hot, as we always do here for No Country for Big Men. So, uh, who who wants to go first here? I, I I mean, they're so bold, they're so big, they're just oozing with boldness, and these takes are just going to be I'll do lava it. takes, liquid fire. Oh, he wanted it. He My wants first it. Take. I see the name right here. I see it. First, Say it. That's not mine. But none of those are mine. Mine are secret. Mine are on oh, my own shit. little notes. Yeah, okay. you're you're. Um, uh, although I am curious at Ryan's uh, <laughs> first one, but well, but, that you makes know, things you know, even more interesting. I might have a mini revenge uh, prediction, you know, you know, based on how his take goes. But anyways, so uh, I'm going to come right out with it. This season, we will see a position player. Probably specifically a defensive back, perhaps wide receiver, maybe even a linebacker, tight end. Somebody kick the ball on a kickoff. Now, that's right. It's happening. Source. Source. Take it. You haven't even heard it yet. <laughs> you just don't understand my genius. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this, but in the preseason for the Houston Texans, that um, I'm sure everybody was locked into. I don't know if their kicker head was out, kicker, whatever. Kicker wasn't there. So they used safety safety Justin Reed for the kickoffs. Now he booted it to the goal line, a pretty pretty solid kick, you know, pretty good, especially if you want to force a team to return the ball. And I thought to myself, well, Jesus – this is a phenomenal idea. There's got to be athletes on pretty much every team. I'm not saying they should be kickers, but they should kick the ball off because if, especially if you're just trying to boot it as far as possible. And if you don't care if it goes out of the back of the end zone, because how many times have we seen a returner? The last person that they have to get by is the kicker. And it's not even a contest and they get by the kicker because you know, the kickers stumbling and bumbling their way backwards. So you're essentially playing a man down on the on the kick return or 
kickoff coverage. Whereas if you think about Justin Reed's safety, who is a safety, first of all, I encourage you to go watch the video of his kickoff because then he charges forward and he's essentially an extra person, an extra athlete, somebody who could actually make the tackle in open space, especially if they're the last line of defense on a kickoff. Why? I, why is this I, wow. we've I all hope seen, we've all seen. We remember the kick six Auburn versus Alabama. Part of the reason they took that back was because there were a bunch of big old offensive line. That was a field goal. That was not a kick. I know, but the point is, the point is, they were they just had a bunch of O linemen and then the holder and the kicker. All right, easy for the defensive back or wide receiver, whichever I forget which one he was for Auburn to return it. Okay, okay, because they didn't have enough athletes out there. Why not? I this do. is a, this is a great opportunity. If you're just booting it as far as you can, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's you know DBs on teams that can boot it. First if you want to be specific and cough and corner somebody, um, fine. You can't cough and corner <laughs> on a kickoff. Sure, okay. you could. You you saved yourself a little bit with the idea that they will be better on coverage after the kick than the kickers, but you're just so wrong. Because one, I don't think that this is obviously something that's just easily done by anyone. First off, Justin Reed said that that had been a dream of his, and that's why he did it. I could easily see someone, if it's their third or fourth time, losing focus and shanking it like a kicker never oftentimes does it. But also, kickoffs are a big risk to hamstrings, to quad muscle strains, no coach in their right mind is going to risk injuring a non-kicker doing kicker things. So that's why I think you're wrong on this one. I like the creativity with it because my bold takes aren't that cute, but I say no. I say the risk, the reward outweighs the risk. Most kickoffs end with touchbacks, so you're wrong again, Jack. Yeah, I was going to say the NFL changed the rule because kickoffs are becoming pretty certainly, dangerous I mean, with football streaking both, down the field and trying to rip Football each in both off. college and pro, is they're, they're certainly trying to slowly eliminate the kickoff. But that's, I mean... And you're you trying know. to bring it back. <laughs> but I'm saying, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, what's... If they're moving it up, if they've moved it up, there's probably a handful of guys on each team that could essentially kick the ball to at least the goal line. So if they do decide to take it out, you've at least got an extra athlete out there and you're essentially playing an even game, right? We know that the whole advantage of the read option play is now you're playing an even game with the defense numerically compared to traditional handoffs where an offense is technically a man down because the quarterback, you know, essentially eliminates himself right off the bat. It's the same concept, but with a kickoff, which I'm certainly understanding that they're trying to eliminate those because they are just absolutely ridiculous and they lead to so many injury, unnecessary injuries. They should, they really should just eliminate them entirely. Um, and if you want to do an onside kick, you should just have like a fourth and 15 or something. Like I would much prefer something like that than to actual kickoffs. But I just think, you know, there, there's an edge here. There's an analytical edge here to be gained by somebody putting an actual athlete, not that kickers are actual athletes, but you know, I've seen a lot of them on returns 
and woof. It's tough. I'm I just mean, saying. I'm just my, saying. I'll, I'll just quickly interject my thought in here is like you're totally discrediting these other players on the field. You're not. You're, you're saying they're not athletic because you're like you keep pounding the athlete. You're like you need more athletes on the field. It's like these, I'm disrespecting the kicker. And you the disrespected athletes. the lineman I've, I've, on the field goal kicking too. Well, they're not going to. They shouldn't be expected to outrun defensive backs. You're saying they're not like, athletic. You're saying they're not athletes. Well, within context, if you ask a fish to climb a tree, it's pretty freaking useless. But if you put it in the water, it's pretty goddamn good. Oh, you know, right. you ask a lineman to run on kickoff coverage. Like, <laughs> obviously, that's a bad idea. But like, it's not you know, kickoff. You brought in the field goal. You I'm not asking Alabama. DBs to pass rush here. Oh my gosh, I need. We need to move on yeah, to this now. Yeah. What, uh, will give us, or do we want to ping pong here? Or you, you go, John you go. I'm curious to see what I kind of want to go in continuous. Three okay, fine. Well, I'll rattle them off. My second oh, three? one. Do you want me to go, or we? Yes. No, you go. You go. Okay. My second one, which hold on, let me let me Google this piece of information real quickly. Well, I've got to write it down. Here. Well researched. Ah, yes. Week three. Okay. (laughs) By week three, Andy Reid will be eating ribs in the fourth quarter. Now, Andy Reid, a little something-something to him. Kansas City, known for its barbecue, right? That's a good match. An even better match is that it's on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are extremely good. They'll probably be blowing out a lot of teams, specifically week three, October 3rd, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, that I'm pretty sure oh. that's in Philadelphia, but I'm sure he'll transport it is. Um, some good old KC barbecue. And I just think, you know, in the middle of the game, sometimes you probably get hungry. They'll probably be up by 40 or 50. So I think... Is, what's a better opportunity than to just, you know, eat dinner right then and there in the middle of the game? Plus, I, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this, but given that this is a Warriors podcast and a Sixers podcast. Thank you. Back when the Warriors were good and the uh, Phoenix Suns were god-awful, uh, Steve Kerr let Warriors players run timeouts and call play or draw yes, plays during yeah, timeouts. Yeah. Uh, he's... He said he wasn't disrespectful to the Suns. Extremely disrespectful to the Suns. <laughs> Just insanely disrespectful to the Phoenix Suns at the time. It was it was pretty funny. But this is the NFL equivalent of it. And Andy Reid is just going to sit down and have some good old KC barbecue. Uh, they start October. off the season playing the Browns, Ravens, and Chargers. I don't know if they're going to be blowing out any of those teams by 50. At or least. week four. I don't know. Whenever they play the Eagles. The, yeah, the Eagles is a good, yeah. The only bad thing is it's in Philadelphia, so maybe it's a cheesesteak instead. I'll live with that. Yummy. All right. My third and final one it's... is um, John Gruden will murder Derek Carr this season. <laughs> and I'm not proud of this one, but, you know, I'm a realist, so... When Derek Carr eventually, you know, checks down to Kenyon Drake, uh, when Henry Ruggs Not is flying wide open down the, 
Kenyon Drake is on the Raiders. Oh, wait, shoot. I got my freaking West Coast teams mixed up. You're absolutely right. I apologize. Because he's not checking down to, to Josh Jacobs. <laughs> we know that. Um, I mean, you've seen the you've seen the Gruden eyes. I mean, my God. It's a few it's a few checkdowns away from from murder. Yeah, they got a tough road. I feel like they might be the worst team in that division at this point. It's a pretty stacked division, in my opinion. Yeah, um, no, no, I, do, I completely agree. So I think it's going to be tough. And I think that, you know, as last year, the Raiders defense will be terrible once again. And so they'll have to they'll have to chuck it. They'll have to chuck it quite a bit. I don't think Derek Carr should be in an offense where he's a chucker. That, that John Gruden 10-year, $100 million contract just looks better and better each yeah. year, huh? He loves it. <laughs> he does love it. If he's smart, he built in the, you know, can't fire me because murder clause. Because, I mean, I think he got close a few times last year. And I think with fans in the stands, his emotions are just going to be ratcheted up time 10,000. I mean, the black did- hole. Yeah, I did hear that there is a. I did hear that there is a club on the field, like behind the end zone in the in the black hole. Is that is this, can this be confirmed? I don't know, but John Gruden will club Derek Carter death. Nice. You see what you did there. Thank you. Those were yeah. Those were some good predictions. Let's see, we'll have to write them down. NFL predictions. Bold, yes, but realistic. Ragai, would you want to go next? I can go next. I I didn't do three, and I didn't do. They're not nearly as spicy, but I I, I want to you know poke the bear a little bit with mine. Mine aren't as cute as Jags for sure. Like I said, they're more normy kind of mainstream fan football analysis. But we need some. Balance. I think we're gonna like it. I think we're gonna like this. And you know, speaking of the AFC West being a tough division. I feel like one of the most interesting divisions is the AFC East and why I think it's so interesting is you obviously have the bills coming off their strong performance last year, Josh Allen completely redefining who he is as a quarterback and becoming an MVP candidate. You have the dolphins who are up and coming and showed something despite their rookie quarterback Tua not really living up to what he was billed to be. And then you have the Patriots, the Patriots who lost their key defender, their middle linebacker, Dante Hightower, to COVID last year. He opted out because of COVID. You have them completely revamping the roster, reloading the defense in a way that Bill Belichick knows how, and then also drafting the guy that I wanted Jack's team to draft. McCorkle Jones, who has already won the starting job, kicking Cam Newton out of the team onto the street because of how good he looks with an organization that never trusts rookies in that way. Mac Jones, here's my first bold prediction. Mac Jones, he's not going to be the main driver of this team. I think they're going to play very defensive oriented and really, you know, kind of a ground and pound 12 personnel type of ball. But I think he's going to do exactly what it takes. And I think the Patriots are winning the division. That is my first bold prediction. Oof. 
which is going to sting for Jack a little bit, considering my second bold prediction, and that is that we have Taysom Hill incarnate in San Francisco. That is right. Trey Lance, the person that was drafted third overall that the Niners traded up for, that they bet the franchise on, is only going to be a gadget player who can't beat out a traditional statuesque pocket passer. Trey Lance, you know, who sees, who knows what year two will bring, but this year Trey Lance is going to be restricted to only sub packages with little gimmicky plays where he might look good on those plays, but the truth behind his actual play it lies in the plays that he's running and the fact that they're not real plays. He's not running the real offense down to down big L's for Jack incoming. Those are my first <laughs> two big predictions. I would say <laughs> my only As response, you eat your nuts. my only response to this is that Kansas city gave Patrick Mahomes no snaps until the last game of the year, his rookie season, when they had already wrapped up the division. San Francisco is giving Trey Lance snaps. So, you know, on, on you that connect current the dots. Trajectory, you yeah, on connect that the dots. Current trajectory better than Mahomes. Yep, you heard it here. You you saw it here. Yeah, you're you're acting a little coy. I sense a little fear behind those lenses and your well, I mean my old my only fear is that he leaves for jeopardy that's my only fear Trey Lance yeah what nuts are you eating I don't know almonds cashews just pineapple just... tart cherries cranberries um let's see yeah it's called What's simply the best there? simply the best trek mix from um Trader Joe's. While I'm grinding tape and dishing out takes on football, Jack's eating trail mix. Yeah. I am. Third bold prediction. Not yet discussed on the pod that the Eagles traded for Gardner Minshew. My bold prediction is it doesn't matter. What? What? The liberal media would like you to believe that Gardner Minshew is some above average quarterback. He's not. He's horrible. But that being said, another aspect of my bold prediction is even though it doesn't matter and Gardner Minshew is not that good, he will still inevitably start a game for the Eagles this season when we realize that Jalen Hurts is not that good when we have all hope lost. Maybe we shut down Hurts. I don't know what situation specifically leads to Minshew playing, but he will absolutely not only play in a game, he will start a game later in the season. Those are my bold predictions. Nice. Nice. It is bold. I like it. It is bold. Um, Well, for me, I guess I do have three. My first one will be that we're keeping it home. We're keeping it in the NFC East. That the Washington football team, which are they going to get a name? I thought they're going to name themselves. They're narrowing it down. It's very Jesus narrow. Christ, they're cutting but it the close. football team is still eligible. 
And that I mean, they should, they should it's still on the yeah, just stick, list. Yeah, just stick with it now. Unless, like, the they Armada. change your name. Then... What? Armada. The Armada. Mm. I don't know. I'm going to pull up the names. We'll see. Talking. Anyway, I predict that they will be the first team in, what, like 15 years in the NFC East to win back-to-back division title. It hasn't happened. It's been a new team every single year for the past 15 years. So it's not going to be the Cowboys. Definitely not going to be the Giants. And it's for sure not going to be the Eagles. So it would be amazing if Danny Dimes pulled it off. I don't, a lot would have to happen in, in that case. But second prediction is that I will take the over on 10 plus fan fights to happen this season. We've already seen at least three and those were just preseason games. Okay. These motherfuckers are going to go crazy if they're doing this during the preseason game. And, and during the regular season over 18 weeks, my goodness, I I'm taking the over smash that over 10 plus fights, fan fights during this 2021 football season. And then my I last mean, how, prediction, you, how do you how do you quantify that do, though? Do they have to go viral? Like I'm sure there's plenty of fights in the stands. Um yeah, yeah. Let's see them on video. I mean, usually like people will videotape fights. That's fair. I saw that one. The Rams one was hilarious. The Rams one was pretty gnarly. That that was a huge person. Also, that woman was the instigator yeah, sure, throwing, throwing yeah. the coke. Um, and then my last here, visit. Hold on, last, hold on. Here are the Washington what? final names: Red Hogs, Defenders, Armada, Presidents, Brigade, Commanders, Red Wolves, or Football Team. I need to stick with Football Team. I think yeah, Armada or Brigade could be cool, but Presidents, uh, Armada, Jesus Red Wolves, Louis, are pretty cool. Someone said, mentioned that Red Wolves sounds like a Division Two football team, and I totally agree. So I don't uh, think yeah, it could be that. I can see that. They should, they should just stick with the football team. The football team's great. It, it has a certain rustic retro vibe to it, for sure. Washington football team. All right, Pat, it's your last great. prediction. That Jamar Chase will win Rookie of the Year. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's going to be Zach Wilson. Whoa, did you just change it up on us? No, I just wanted to throw Jamar Chase in there because I think it's pretty funny with what's happening with him right now. I do think he will start to, you know, come into form around the halfway point of the season, you know. AKA catch the football. Yes, exactly. He will start catching the football. And once that happens, he will be making plays all game long. But first, he's got to catch him. Please, Jamar, I drafted you. So your yeah, bold prediction is that he catches the football? Um, it is yeah, a bold yeah that is, that's a pretty big and bold prediction. I also did hope he, Michael, what? Did he have catches in preseason? I didn't. He had one. one, one catch. It was a screen. It was a screen. All right. So he's garbage. Yes. Yes. He's on the trade okay. block as we speak. Good. And also the other running back I drafted, Michael Carter, he is a 
sort of buried on the depth chart right now. So uh, things are looking well for my rookies. It's okay. Keeping him fresh for, you know, when he demands a trade to one of the California teams. Classy, 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 classy. Wow. Wow. Woo. Those are some hot and bold predictions right at you. Do what the do what you want with them, but I mean, bet them. I'm gonna say the hit rate on those are gonna be yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I was gonna say eighty, but yeah, let's go. Sorry, on. Derek. Yeah, Derek Carr. Mm. Damn. Well, that is it for us. Obviously, we're gonna end the show on some shout outs, so let's get right into it. Shout outs. And you know who I'm fucking starting with. Blackjack. Woo. You going to hit or you going to stay? Huh? What are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. You're going to shout out what your COVID test. You're going to shout out an inanimate object. Something that doesn't. No, alive. I definitely. I mean, I'll shout out the PCR test. I definitely don't want to shout out those rapid antigen tests. Mm. Um. I will give a for real shout out to um, you know I'll shout out my parents who essentially gave me room service as I was locked in a room in their house. So nice. that was nice during those shout five days in which I was isolated. You know, just got some you know food at the door. Opened the door, grabbed the food, ate the food, put the plates back out. Voila, they were magic, magically Thank gone. You, Nancy. Yeah. So that's my shout out. That's that's my shout out this this week. Definitely nice. not the rapid antigen test. That's an anti shout out. Anti shout out for the antigen test. Yeah, that's a that's a rap lyric. That's an oxymoron though, because you just brought their name up. A shout out is to increase their publicity, and you just did that. So, well. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the hundreds of thousands of listeners. Yeah, you need a diss track. That's what we need, a diss. All right. Rooster Ryan? Ryan the Rooster? What you got? got, I got some shout-outs. First one is to my lab mate and friend, Zach Beach. Wow, what a name. Listener. Yes, great name. Life is a beach. Until you die. New listener, hope that you um, figured out a different app than Stitcher to listen on. But uh, <laughs> what is he doing? But yeah, shout out to you and uh, thank you for listening. Appreciate you and appreciate appreciate the follows. And then are we on Stitcher? Second, I guess we're so. on like six different platforms. Don't you worry about it. We are worldwide. Producer Pat got out. got us covered is to the gang that went to Charleston. Great trip. Despite almost got you COVID. Well, we don't know yet. So I haven't got my test results, so we don't have that big reveal, but regardless of what happens, it was still a great time and is great to see everyone, including Osmond, Cole and Nate, some listeners I've shouted out before. So yeah. Shout outs to you. Sweet. My shout outs goes to the famous couple, Chase and Marina. These are my friends, and 
Unfortunately, they are moving to Los Angeles next week. Um, or next week will be the last time I see him before I head off on a trip. And it's just, it's just a bummer of a news that, you know, friends are probably some of the most important things in your life. And, and to be near your friends and to be with your friends, it's, it's, it's really what makes, you know, things that much better and makes you, makes you happy. So it's, it's always sad, sad day when, when you have to, you know, leave your buddies behind, but they're on to bigger and better things. They got some new jobs They're They got, you know, the whole, whole new chapter in their life about to turn that page. So gotta, gotta give them a shout out. Chase. Awesome chef. Uh, we do these like family dinners. Him and Sonia make, make the food together. Well, you know, Marina, Robbie, and I just drink wine, get, get fucked up, and, and watch them cook. And then we eat the eat the dinner after. So it's That's great. So kind of you. It's a great relationship, you know, that we, we all have here. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, gonna, gonna really miss those guys. Yeah. It's gonna be. And Olivia, obviously, Sonia's BFF. She's gonna be their roommate too. So, they're all three of them going to LA. Shout out to them. Make it big down there, right? Do it. You got this. Woo! Um, and I Fuck think Spielberg. Not gonna shout out Audacity for crashing again. You're gonna still dislike. gotta figure that out. Um. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's about it. Beautiful. So. I got some breaking news. <laughs> did it happen negative baby let's go Fuck. let's go that's right it was a common was cold after all get at me get at me all right well with oh. that ladies and gentlemen thanks for listening to 20 episodes of us. That's right. 20 episodes. Of no Country for Big Men. We're almost to season two. Season two of No Country for Big Men. Because, you know, we did one season with our first season was last basketball season. And then now with this season coming up, that's season two. So we're almost there. October, right around the corner. But football is here, baby. Woo! All right, ladies and gents, thank you. Have a good night. Blear. What should I get for dinner? I just go get Hawaiian food. Oh, well, that sounds good. Hawaiian is dank. I usually, I, I get like they do like a large order and it's a shit ton of food like you know you get the, the, the mac and then rice and then i get the chicken obviously oh, so good um and then i get like the, the large which is like 20 dollars. but i think that's like the best way to go because i'll eat you know pretty much 75 percent of it tonight and then do the rest oh. for lunch tomorrow it makes um, great leftovers too
Yeah. Because I don't want to spend like, I don't know, $12, $13 on like a meal tonight and then spend another like $10 tomorrow on lunch. So Yeah, when you get $10 for a meal eating out, it's not bad at all. But it's a great thing about Hawaiian food is usually they give you a lot. Yeah, it was. I'll send you a pic of what they gave me last time because I did this. I've honestly done this before. I ordered a shit ton of them and taken it for lunch tomorrow. Yeah. Yippers. Yeah. I really want you to get mad so you can tell me how buggy it is. <laughs> Still I broke. mean, yeah, I don't know. I'll probably just like buy it tomorrow or something, let it download all day. I might as well get it though, honestly, at this point. Ryan, yeah. if, if uh, we can do, we can try to do game share thing where I put like my profile on your Xbox. So then you get all the games that I get and then we can split it if you want. Are you sure it works that way? Yeah, because um, I've done that for so many games and actually I did it for like Red Dead. Well, I didn't do for Red Dead. I went and bought Red Dead. And then I came back and I saw that it was in my library, like queued up. I'm like, oh my God. I forget who's like my, whose account is on my Xbox, but I get a lot of their games. So, um, so I, I, I could have got Red Dead 2 for free. So I ended up selling it. But yeah, all you got to do is, it's pretty easy. I'm pretty sure they still do that type of deal. So I'll look it up though. But I know you said you're, low on money and you didn't know if you could buy it which if it's if it's seventy dollars that's some bullshit i think it's probably is it 70 for next gen let's see i feel like it's got shit rating so bad oh my god so bad uh it says it i think it's 600 edition all right, I gotta get on this draft. Okay. All right, I sent you my Audacity file. I know you're probably not gonna use it, but it should be. Yeah, just send me that Zoom. Should be there. I'll give it a little blurry about the beginning and say like, "Hey, the audio." Yeah, I just got you. Yeah. No Thanks. problem. God, I can't believe we actually. I was gonna say down to game tomorrow night but there's some thursday that's the first thursday night football so i'm gonna be watching that never mind 